0: <laughs> and laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor
1: Thank you and welcome to the show We're going to be sharing another adventure Supplied by Sergeant Preston of the Northwest Mounted Police Now that was a Canadian police force established in 1873 by the then Prime Minister Sir John A. Macdonald, and he did that to maintain order in the Northwest Territories. The Mounted Police combined military, police, and judicial functions along similar lines to the Royal Irish Constabulary. The Mounted Police assisted in the construction of the Canadian Pacific Railway, including relocating indigenous communities living along the route, The force established a wide network of posts and patrols, enabling them to protect and assist the ranchers who created huge cattle businesses across the prairies. The living conditions of the police on the prairies, spartan and often uncomfortable, and only slowly improved over the course of the century. Now, Meanwhile, the railway enabled more settlers to migrate west, creating new towns and industries while the force restricted the First Nations to the reserves the Mounted Police faced challenges in adapting to the changing situation, especially when applying the unpopular prohibition laws to the white community. With the discovery of gold in the Klondike, however, the force was redeployed to protect Canada's sovereignty over the region and to maintain and manage the influx of prospectors of industrial uh, disputes between organized labor and company owners. In the aftermath of the violence of the Winnipeg General Strike, the government decided to amalgamate the force with the Dominion Police to form the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and that happened in 1920. Many popular novels were published about the Mounted Police from 1885 onward, and in the 20th century, over 250 films were made, along with radio and television portrayals, and tonight... We turn to one of those portrayals with this production, Challenge of the Yukon, and the episode tonight, entitled, The Puppy.
2: Bold Venture! Once again, the magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue.
3: (laughs) Is your name Slate Shannon? That's right. And this is Miss Duval. I'm very happy.
4: Then I'm happy too. Hello. Hello.
3: My name is Cameron. I have a plantation outside of San Tomas. Sugar.
4: Sugar? For the time being, just call me Sailor.
3: What can we do for you, Mr. Cameron? I've never come to a man and and begged before in my life. Then you've come to the wrong man. You don't have to beg anything from me. It's about a girl. A young girl. Wild, impetuous, and spoiled.
4: No, thanks. Mr. Shannon already has one.
3: Sailor, why don't you go and put a new point in our desk pen?
4: Where am I going to get a new point? Post office is closed.
3: Please. It's about my daughter. It's about Kathy. Kathy and the Blue Moon. Oh, yes. There's a gambling ship in the bay called the Blue Moon. Look, if you're a man in trouble, I'll listen to you. If all you want to do is hire someone to spank your daughter for gambling, get yourself somebody else. Because nobody else can do what I want you to do.
4: You haven't told Slate yet what it is. Maybe he won't you mind
3: it. if I make my own decision, sailor? Go ahead, Miss Cameron. Kathy's involved with a man
2: named Norton.
3: Oh, yes. I've heard of him. He owns the Blue Moon. How did your daughter get mixed up with a guy like that? I don't know. All I know is that since she's met him, she's... Well, she's changed. She's a stranger to me. She's on that boat all the time.
4: I have an easy solution. Why don't you just tell Mr. Norton to buy your daughter from the boat?
3: I've tried that. He laughed in my face. He told me... Hold it a minute. Sailor, there's a guy over there at the cigar counter. Take care of him. Go ahead, sailor. I'll remember every word Mr. Cameron says and tell you later. All right, Cameron? Well... Norton knows something about Kathy I don't. I know my
5: daughter. It's more than just a lust for gambling. Please, will you help me, Shannon? Go there, talk to Kathy. Convince her that she... she need never go back to that ship again.
3: Please, please, I'll I'll give you anything. Put your wallet back. Your daughter's in trouble with Norton? I'll... I'll try to straighten her out. You don't understand, Shannon. I'm a rich man. When I bring Kathy back, you'll give me a box of lump sugar?
6: too loud, Paul. You disturb our boss. Tell Greg I want to see him. Our boss sleeps. His brain goes all the time. He needs rest. Wake him up, Mickey. I've got something for him. I don't wake up, boss, till he asks me.
2: Wake me up, Mickey.
6: Who wants me? It's your croupier, Paul. The wheel jockey says he's got something. He can keep it to
5: himself till you get your share of sleep, boss. Let him in.
6: Our boss says for me to
5: let you in. I'll let... Uh, You have something for me, Paul? Well, give it to me, but make it tender, because I just woke up.
6: I uh, was in Shannon's
5: place a little while ago. And you had fun. Rub my neck, Mickey. There's a crick in it. Yeah, thanks, boss. Ah. Oh, that's good. That's very good.
6: There was someone else there. Kathy Cameron's father. Now
5: the other side, Mickey.
6: Ah sick with worry about his daughter. wants Shannon to take her away from you. You three must have made a jolly group. They were so wrapped up in it, Shannon, his girl, Cameron. They thought all I wanted was to buy a pack of cigarettes. You're
5: a good boy, Paul. The thing of many talents.
6: Shannon's coming out here to the boat.
5: I thought you'd need to know. Paul's a good boy, isn't he, Mickey? I'm better for you, boss. He can't do the things for you I can do. He can't... Of course r- he can't, Mickey. Nobody can. That's why I keep you around, isn't it? See, see. That's why he keeps me around. That's why. Keep... Sure, Mickey.
7: <laughs>
5: so they want to take Kathy away from me, and Kathy will never leave me because I fixed it that way, didn't I, boss? Mm-hmm. Because you threw yourself in front of her car because she thought she'd killed you. That's why you've got to keep out of her sight because for as long as she thinks you don't exist, she belongs to me till I use her up, her and her daddy's money, and so clean. She loses it to me at the roulette table. Clean and legitimate. Boss, this Shannon could... No one's going to spoil it, Mickey. Not a well-paying corpse like you. I give you my word. Look through the porthole, Greg. That's Shannon's boat coming alongside. Go hold his hand, Paul. Then bring him to me. I want to tell him how he can't part two sweethearts like Kathy and me. You do me and my gambling ship great honor, Miss Duval, Mr. Shannon.
3: Your boy brought us to you. We asked for Kathy Cameron.
5: He didn't want to deny me the pleasure of meeting you two. He has standing orders to deliver to me first the illustrious, the renowned.
4: You see, Slate, I keep telling you that's what we are. You never believe me. Go on, Mr. Norton. You were saying... That
5: I would have shuddered if you came aboard and deprived me of yourselves.
4: Gee, you're smooth, Mr. Norton, the way you talk. A waxed mustache... That's the only word for you.
3: Smooth. So you saved yourself a shutter, Norton. Now, is it all right if we go find Kathy? She may not care for you disturbing her at the gambling table. Now, what did you want with Miss Cameron? We're going to take her back to Havana with us, Norton, because her father's lonesome for her. He's a funny guy. He thinks his daughter ought to spend more time at home. Any objections? Uh, I only asked you because you stuck your nose in. <laughs> no objections. I only fear for you. You think you can stop me?
5: I know I can. However, Miss Cameron is in the casino on A-deck. And uh, please sign the guest book. I'll want something to remember you by. Number 12 on the black.
6: Black page, 12 page.
3: Miss Cameron? What? Mind if we talk to you?
6: Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Place your bets.
3: Mind if we talk to you?
8: Go away.
3: I can't do that, Miss Cameron.
8: Why don't you two try the
4: poop deck? It's a good place to jump from. Jump from? Oh, your preposition is dangling, Kathy. Your father must have picked the wrong finishing school for you. My father? Oh, you made me miss my bet. Sailor. I know. You want me to kibitz that hot game of old maid over there.
3: Come on, Kathy. Let's get some air, you and I.
8: You're hurting my arm.
3: It's an advice I use to make myself clear. Come on.
8: I made a suggestion to you before concerning the poop deck. Or if that doesn't suit you, why don't you try it from this rail?
3: You're just a kid, Kathy. You've got to grow up a little more before that kind of talk becomes you.
8: Oh, you think I'm a kid?
3: 19, 20. Kids that old and women over 40 use lipstick the way you do.
8: Another suggestion. A girl 19 is better for you. Want to know why? I'll put my arms around you and show you.
3: Hey, take it easy. And
8: hold you. Okay, naughty. Yeah! Ah.
5: Did you notice, Miss Cameron? I only had to do it once, right in the back of the neck.
8: Get him out of here.
5: I think I'll give him back to Miss Duval. <laughs> Don't you think I'm considerate?
9: Mr. Slate, he stood on moonlit deck Man from behind hid him in his neck Lady sailor she bring from ship blue moon Her winnings to date, Mr. Slate in a swoon. Because they tried to do one very good deed Bring daughter back to father who cried his need He waved at them a face full of woe Mr. Slate, he said, don't cry, I go
4: you see, Slate, if you didn't make such a hobby of helping people, this never would have happened to you.
3: Yeah, that's just what a fellow needs at a time like this, sailor, a kind word.
9: Now you are hurt, Mr. Slate, because you love a good deed too much?
3: <laughs> yeah. I live for the moment when I can bring a wandering girl back to her daddy.
4: Let Norton have her. I don't think I could go through this again. You go through with it. Your neck is my neck. I read that once in a poem.
3: I'm going back to the blue moon, sailor. Mend me real nice because I've got some things to do there. I want to look good.
4: Uh Uh-uh. If you go back, they'll kill you. Those were Norton's parting words to me. He said, tell him not to come back. Next time, I'll give him to you in pieces. You're a complicated man, Slate. I could never put you back together again.
3: Give me another whiff of your smelling salts, sailor. That ringing noise is back in my skull.
4: You're a ham bone. That's the telephone. Shannon's place, sailor Duval. Mr. Shannon, please. Oh, uh uh-huh. For you, Slate, the man who grows sugar. He's in a tizzy. Anyway, he makes sounds like a tizzy.
3: I'll let you know. Slate Shannon speaking. Forget it, Mr. Shannon. Forget I've called on you. I don't need you any longer. Where are you, Mr. Cameron? I'm at home. But you're not to come here, you're not to... Get me a clean shirt, sailor. I've got to see a man who doesn't need me. (laughs) I told What's if... this all about, Cameron? Did anyone follow you here? I didn't bother to look. Let's go inside. If they followed Inside. You up... Norton's got you scared too, huh? You don't know what you're doing coming here. Who did he threaten? You or your daughter? Get out of here. You made a big noise when I first met you, Cameron. Now all I hear is chicken. Your daughter needs help. What happened to all your worry about her? I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Hey, you're kidding. No! Oh, let go of me. You're going to oh. calm down. Oh... oh. Hey. oh. That's better. No, don't let us throw you. It's just a matter of age and condition. They'll kill her. No, they won't kill her. That's not what you're afraid of. Yes, yes. They're taking all your money through her. Killing you would be a safer investment. That way, they'd get the money a lot faster. I... I don't want to die. Neither do I. You started something with me. Now it's got to be finished.
2: stars Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall and the second act of our story.
4: I give you two words, Slate. You're crazy.
3: Yeah, I get psychotic when I'm beat over the head. Now look, it's three o'clock in the morning. Go get some sleep.
4: I've gotten better prizes than you on the bottom of a Cracker Jack box.
3: Why don't you do what I tell you?
4: Look, if you tried to handle the bold venture now, you'd drive her into the rocks. In your condition, you've got a condition. The man said he'd kill you if you came out to the Blue Moon again. He said that. He...
3: Aren't you going to help me aboard
4: our boat? All right. Sometimes I wonder why I even bother. I had a spaniel once who had better manners than you. Talk to me, Slate.
3: Out of the way. Uh... you're going to give me trouble.
4: Who are you talking to?
3: Out of the way. Taylor!
4: What do you want?
3: Come here. Look at the motor. Wires all over the place. Someone's...
4: Someone's come aboard.
3: Who's there? I can't see your face. Who is it? But you can't see my gun, can't
6: you? Who are you? How about you, Mr. Ball? Can you see it?
4: Uh, move it a little to the left. Thanks. My, it's pretty in the moonlight.
6: If you get that boat fixed, take it north. If you take it south, you might get too close to the blue moon. Then everything will blow up in your face. I've been pushed around long enough. I've got
3: about... And
6: next time, I'll put the bullet into your head, Shannon. Instead of into the woodwork of your boat. Want to try? No? <laughs> See? You can be sensible. Good night, mechanics.
5: You do yourself nicely on my money, Paul. The apartment, charming. The decor, excellent taste. And now that I've performed the amenities, you have something for me? It'll take Shannon a long time to fix his boat. And you convinced him not to annoy us anymore? Mm, It's hard to tell with a man like Shannon. Yes, you're ever so right. And it's up to you, my dear Kathy. If Shannon should discover you're a murderess, a hit-and-run killer, they'd take you away from me. And that would make you desolate, wouldn't it?
8: You wanted me to do something? Just tell me. Don't claw at me like a fat cat.
5: Emotions have their way with you, don't they, my dear? All right. Call Shannon's place. Ask for Miss Duval. Tell her to come here because you need her so desperately. In ten minutes, you do need her, Kathy. So you won't waste your precious life away in prison.
4: Shannon's place, Sally Duval speaking.
8: This is Kathy, Miss Duval. Kathy Cameron. Is Mr. Shannon there?
4: No, he's sitting up with a sick boat. He's
8: half nothing. Good. Listen, you must come here alone. 16 Paseo Gomez, apartment 12. In ten minutes, if it matters to you whether I live.
4: Well, that's the other side of town. How do I get there this time of night? There are no cabs. What do I do? Wave a wand over a pumpkin? Oh,
8: you must. Please, find a way.
4: Well, uh, maybe King Moses will lend me his jalopy. What's wrong, Kathy? Why do you In want... In
8: ten minutes, Mr. Dow? The way you wanted it, Craig?
5: Your choice of words was exquisite, my dear. And it is a matter of whether you live.
4: Hey, watch out, you crazy fool! Ah! Look, I-, I didn't see you. I- Oh, you're hurt, aren't you? I'll go get help. Hey, there. I'm my glad to see somebody. This man... I saw what happened. Get a doctor, will you? Your
6: car was weaving from side to side. You ran this man down.
4: What are you talking about? He just ran out in front of the car. And
6: you tried to run away. If I hadn't stopped you, you'd have just left the man lying there.
4: You know something? You don't
6: have anything to worry about as long as you listen to me.
4: You know something? Now your voice fits your face. First it was your face. You spin the wheel on the blue moon. And your voice happened a little while ago Aboard our boat Wait a minute
6: It doesn't matter who I am You hit that man
4: Ouch! Hey, you out of your mind, lady? Did I pinch you too hard? You're supposed to be dead
6: Hey, we got a clever one on our hands, Paul Yeah She's done being clever Throw her in the car, Mickey The boss will tell you where to throw her after that
9: Welcome, Mr. Slate. I got coffee perking for you in the kitchen. Ah, thanks, King. You didn't have to wait up for me. What I have and have not to do, Mr. Slate, is my own affair. I go bring your coffee. Oh, no
3: coffee. Stay here, King. Sing to me. Right now I need sleep.
9: I do not think sleep will come to you, Mr. Slate. You just sit there and watch it. It will not come because Miss Salo is not here. You asked the Rome of Anna this
3: time and I'd let her, I got other things on my mind.
9: Two hours ago there came a phone call. Miss Sailor scribble address on pod. Borrow my auto. Here is the address. I think you better go look for her, Mr. Slate.
3: <laughs> You're afraid she looks gone with that heat. Take twenty bucks out of the register, King. That'll take care
9: of it. Because the call came from Miss Kathy Cameron. Huh? I told you sleep would not come, Mr. Slate.
6: you banging on the right door, mister? Yeah. Banging on the
3: right head. Oh! Ah. Ah. Now we'll drag you inside. Come on, up on oh. your feet. Get with the Buster. start talking. What's the matter with you? Ow! Oh. Up. This is where we were ten seconds ago. Start talking. Uh. Not gonna get you place, Shannon. You know my name, huh? Ow! Huh? That's for taking the liberty. What did you do with Sailor? Blue Moon. She's there. How come she's there? You're going to answer me, Buster, because you happen to be fresh off the Blue Moon. You're the guy who spins the roulette wheel. Uh, Tried to frame her. Didn't work. How? Make like hit and
6: run. Blackmail. little guy, Mickey, used to make a living at it.
3: Run in front of the car, make out he's hurt. People get scared, pay off. sailor was too smart. Didn't bite. Same gambit you pulled on Kathy Cameron, huh? Get out of it, Shannon. You know, for a guy who spins a roulette wheel all day, how come you keep one in your apartment? Hobby. Uh Uh-huh. Hobby. And you'll enjoy this. I read where a croupier in Monte Carlo practiced and practiced. He got good he put that ball in the black slot or the red slot almost every time he wanted. You're buying grief. He couldn't do it every time, but his average was great. All right, all right. Like you and Norton are doing to Kathy Cameron. Blackmailing her on a hit-and-run caper. She pays off by playing the wheel, loses money every night. Knows it's rigged against her and can't do anything about it. (laughs) Stealing money legal. Uh Uh-huh. Because I woke you from a deep sleep. I give it back to you. Hey, amigo. Your boat for hire? Let me hear number, senor. Five bucks. Not the right number. Try Carlos with the cat Ten. Ten bucks. Put your money where my hand beats. Here. Eight bucks and change. Blue moon, skipper. She's anchored a few miles out. First, I count the change. Hey, look, you... Do you want the blue moon, senor? Then let me count the change. Ninety-seven. Ninety-eight. 99 Oh Here is the other penny You You almost didn't make it senor You want I should wait for you senor Yeah wait I give you a hand up the side oh, there's rope hanging down from the side Just hold the end of it I'm going up hand over hand Now, pick a cabin, Shannon, and see how your luck is. Sailor. Sailor. Sailor.
5: Hey, it's the middle of the night. Yeah,
3: Yeah, isn't it, though? I'll get back to you. Sailor. Is
4: that you, slave. Let me in. I can't. The door's locked.
3: You got a hairpin?
4: the matter? Night wind playing hard with
3: your hair too? Slip it under the door.
4: All right, here. Where did you learn how to pick a lock?
3: A friend of mine taught me. Gee, that reminds me, I owe her a letter. I'll stay like this, sailor. It's been too long since I felt your arm against my cheek.
4: Just think, all this while there's only been a hairpin between
3: back in there, your hair up. I'll be back. You can't get away, Shannon.
5: You made a mistake, Shannon. I'm going to find you in that boiler room and kill you.
3: I see you, Shannon.
5: Well, I've got to hand it to you, Shannon. You tried. Too bad you had to die on a
3: coal pile. You almost said... Sent... Come on down to the coal pile with me. i bring you. Start with this. I can still hear you. Ah. Can't hear you anymore now, Norton.
4: Slade, are you all right?
3: Look, I spoiled the nice clean shirt you washed for me.
4: I'll wash your other one.
3: First, there's a couple of guys on this boat. I've got to collect them for the police.
4: What about Kathy?
3: She's got nothing more to worry about. Her father can get her.
4: Well, it happened again, Slate. You did your good deed, and you got your lumps for it. Don't you get tired of it.
3: Till the next time. Let's get out of here, sailor. It's all fixed, sailor. The last wire's in place. The bold venture's gonna run like a dream. Fine.
4: Where are we going?
3: I didn't say we were going any place. I just said the bold venture'd run like a dream. You want to hear it?
4: If it makes you happy.
3: All right. Wait till you hear that motor purr.
4: What kind of a dream does that sound like?
3: I had it running a minute ago.
4: Let me try. What'd you do to it? Touched it gently. You want to see how? See? Your eyes, your cheeks, your lips. You purr too, don't you?
3: (laughs) We'll speed ahead, sailor. There's a smooth sea tonight.
2: And so our two stars Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall
1: Stay tuned for Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy with special guest Carmen Miranda.
10: J-E-L-L-O. The Jello program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens the program with Plenty of Money and You from the Gold Diggers of 1937. <laughs> feeling about these late autumn days, a feeling of joy and gratitude, the spirit of Thanksgiving. The big day we've all been anticipating is almost here at last, and you will probably be so busy from now on planning your family celebration that until Thursday you'll want to serve simple, easily prepared meals, and there isn't anything easier to make or more enjoyable to eat than Jello. Of course, Jell-O can be dressed up to be just as fancy as you please, but it's still delicious, still wonderfully satisfying and refreshing when it's served perfectly plain. Because no matter how you serve Jell-O, that extra-rich flavor is always there, a flavor that comes from fresh, ripe fruit. No other gelatin dessert can equal Jell-O's extra-rich flavor. So always remember that there is only one Jell-O. Get the real thing. Insist on genuine Jell-O. (laughs) you. <laughs>
11: Ladies and gentlemen,
10: we bring to you your friend, my friend, and Jack Benny's friend, Jack
12: Benny. (laughs) Hello again, this is Jack's pal talking. Uh, Don, I wouldn't care how you introduce me tonight, you can kid me all you want to. I feel too good, full of pep and everything. Oh, you do? Yes, sir. Well, tell me, Jack, what's the cause of your exhilaration
10: and sparkling effervescence?
12: Well, I, uh... What was that, Don?
10: I say, what's the cause of your exhilaration and sparkling effervescence? I don't... Well, what motivates this sudden display of exuberance?
12: Well, I, uh... In other words, Jack, uh, what makes you so gay? Oh, I was hoping we'd get together. (laughs) Well, Don, you know how tired I've been the last couple of weeks, so I went down to Palm Springs for a rest, and it did me a lot of good. You know, that desert sun is a real tonic. Well, I must say, you look greatly improved. Why, even
10: the circles under your eyes are (laughs) tanned.
12: They do look better, don't they, Don? Where did you stop in Palm Springs? Well, I didn't know where to go. You know, there are so many swanky hotels. There's the Colonial House, a beautiful spot, and the Desert Inn, and the El Mirador, very exclusive, so I finally decided on the El Mirador. Oh, you did? Yes, I parked my trailer right on their front lawn. <laughs> Why, Jack, you can't park a trailer in front of a high-class hotel like that. Not for any length of time, I remember. Well, uh, Jack, while you were there, did you go in for a lot of outdoor sport? Uh, yes, Don, I was quite active. I used to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and watch everybody take a cold plunge. Then a little later, I'd go out of the golf course and watch a few rounds of golf. Then in the afternoon, I'd watch them ride horseback through the hills. Uh, did you watch anyone play tennis? Uh, no, Don, that would have been a little too strenuous.
7: <laughs>
12: you know, lazy is the word for Jackie.
13: And hello is the word for Mary. Mm. Hello, Jack.
12: Oh, hello, Mary. Did you have a good time at Palm Springs?
13: Did I? Gee, that's a swell place.
12: Where did you live there, Mary?
13: At the El Mirador Hotel. And what scenery. I had a beautiful room facing Jack's trailer. <laughs>
12: Oh, did that annoy you?
13: Only when you stuck your head out. Well, I
10: had to get a little son. Uh, Jack tells me that he had trouble keeping his trailer in front of the hotel.
13: Oh, they didn't object to that so much. Of
10: course not.
13: But they got pretty sore when he hung his wash in the lobby.
12: Well, I just wanted to be neighborly, that's all. Uh, Jack, do you think you'll go back to Palm Springs next week? Uh, no, Don, I want to be here for Thanksgiving. You see, I bought a great big fat turkey... Nothing personal, of course. <laughs> and
7: I, uh... How oh, do you like that?
11: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh... Stick to the script.
7: No, I, really, yeah. And I,
11: uh... <laughs> Oh, really, I, uh...
12: No, Ray. Really, I bought a big fat turkey, and I I want to be I want to be right here to eat it. Oh, a big fat turkey. <laughs> well, did you get any trimmings? No, I made a good deal. I'm pretty sharp at those things.
13: Uh, say, Jack, is next Thursday Thanksgiving?
12: Yes, Mary. Why?
13: <clears throat> oh, Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving. Now wait a minute. Wait, I
12: thought you weren't going to write any poems this season.
13: Oh, just this one. No,
12: no, we've had enough of them. Oh, Jack, let her do it. No. <laughs> All right, folks, you made your applause, now lie in it. (laughs) Go ahead, Mary.
13: No, now you'll have to coax me.
12: Well, uh... Oh,
13: Thanksgiving. (laughs) Oh, Thanksgiving, you are sure my favorite day. How I love your festive spirit. Gosh, gee whiz, oh boy, I'll say.
11: Well, you asked for it.
13: (laughs) Thanksgiving, you are sure a treat. How we love to eat and eat. Cause for dinner, we're sure there is turkey stuffing and cranberries.
10: I knew it. Uh, Mary, try to get jello in there someplace.
13: I will. Your friends, they sit around the table and eat much more than they are able. Then your relatives, they come, and what's left over, they take hum. Take
10: hey, hum? Don't forget, Mary.
13: Oh, you do it, Don.
10: Okay. But your dinner's not complete without jello, rich and sweet, and its flavor's so delicious, uh, uh, and its flavor's so delicious. Are you stuck, Don? No, no, I'll get it. And its flavor's so delicious.
13: Eat it there or take it with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
12: that's pretty good. Yes, sir. Mary, that was fine. I owe you an apology.
13: Answer the phone, Mary. Hello? Yes? Oh, hello, Aunt Ruby. Yes? I don't know. I'll ask him. Hey, Jack. What? Uh, Aunt Ruby asked me to invite you and your turkey over for Thanksgiving dinner.
12: (laughs) Well, tell her I have another date.
13: Hello? Aunt Ruby? Jack can't come to dinner Thanksgiving. What? Yes, all right. Goodbye. Now what? She says just have the turkey come over.
12: (laughs) yeah, well, the turkey's going with me. Oh, Phil. Hey, Phil. Uh, Phil isn't here yet, Jack. He isn't? Well, no, the boys had to play the first tune without him. Hmm, that's funny. He's never been late before. Oh, well, I know enough about music to direct the next number. Uh, Hand me that stick, will you, Don? Yes, here you are. All right, come on now, boys. Now, all together. One, two... Boys, look. I said one,
13: two... You got the stick upside down.
12: Oh. (laughs) Now, look, boys, when I hold the stick up in the air like this, I want you
7: to. Hey, wait for me! Wait for me!
12: button your shoe from the motion picture, Penny from Heaven, played by Phil Harris's orchestra with Jack Benny directing and doing okay. Hey, you finished late. Well, I started late. Oh. (laughs) You know, Don, I can't understand Phil doing a thing like this. He's always been here on time. I hope he's not out of town. Why, he can't be. I saw him at the Clover Club about 9.30 last night with a blonde. With a blonde, huh? See, that reminds me. I saw him last night about eleven o'clock at the Coconut Grove, and he was with a brunette. He was, yeah. I wonder
13: what color Harry's with now.
12: Say, that Phil is quite a ladies' man Not that I care, but I don't want it to interfere with this program, that's all Well,
10: uh, perhaps Mr. Blue, his arranger, knows where he
12: is That's right Hey, Ben, you don't happen to know where Phil is, do you?
10: Well, the last time I saw him was Friday
12: night Uh He was
10: at the Trocadero, and he had a beautiful redhead with him Mm -hmm. And she was sitting on his
12: lap (laughs) Well, I I don't care about last night, you know Well, I do, Mr. Ben, because she was my redhead (laughs) Well, see if you can find her and that guy, Harris, pays more attention to girls than he does to his job.
13: Why don't you fire him, Jack?
12: Oh, I wouldn't do that. He's a nice fellow and a likable character. Besides, he's got an iron-bound contract. <laughs>
11: <laughs> hello, fellas. Oh, hello, hello, Congratulate me. I just won a 20-pound turkey in a raffle.
12: Not so loud. Mary's aunt will invite it to dinner. <laughs> Say, Kenny, did you see Phil
11: anywhere? Oh, I saw him Thursday night. He was was at the Brown Derby with the prettiest
13: girl. Gee,
11: she was cute.
12: Oh, yeah? What color hair did she have?
13: Oh, he wouldn't know. I do, too. It was sort of a plaid.
12: (laughs) (laughs) A little Scotch girl, huh? (laughs) Well, wait till he comes in, that's all. When girls start to interfere with this program, something's got to be done about it.
13: You're not jealous of them, are you?
12: No. Say, I do pretty good myself. Just want a little discipline on this program. People coming to work on time. Not jealousy.
13: Then stop turning green. <laughs>
12: so I'm not turning green.
13: Yeah, if you had yeah. three leaves, you'd be a shamrock.
12: <laughs> that's so.
11: Gee, that's clever.
13: How, How do, you do you know? know?
7: <laughs>
12: Stay out of this, Kenny. Hey, uh, hey, Jack, Jack, here comes Phil now. Well, that's nice of him. Maybe he dropped in for tea. How are you, fellas? Hi, Jack. Well, it's sweet of you to stop in, Mr. Gable. (laughs) What's the big idea? Oh, nothing. Only if I had known you were coming, we would have baked a blonde. I mean a cake. (laughs) I still don't get you. Now, listen, Phil. I'm a pretty regular fella, and I don't care anything about your private life. Which seems to be quite public. But an artist must maintain a certain amount of dignity. But I didn't do that. Why, a... what would people think if they saw me out with a half a dozen different girls?
13: They'd think you were Phil Harris. <laughs> Go
12: away. Now, Phil, when this program's on, you got to be here on time. All right, Jack, I'm sorry. Of course, in all fairness to you, it's not your fault as much as it is the girls. Give me their phone numbers. I'll tell them a thing. Oh, <laughs> Oh, no. Well, just don't let it happen again, that's all. You ready for your song, Kenny?
11: Yes, Mr. Benny.
12: Well, go ahead. (laughs) Play it, Phil. You have nothing else to do. (laughs) Hmm, Girls, I can get more dates than he can, believe me.
11: I know my lips have never met Your lips in sweet caress Your hand has never touched my hand With thrilling tenderness You never spoke of love to me But... Till somehow I know For love has made me wondrous one Thank <laughs>
12: Kenny Baker singing, Your Eyes Have Told Me So, accompanied by Don Juan and his orchestra. (laughs) Look at him there, the great lover. Standing there with that green shirt, yellow tie, and that silly look on his face. See, I can wear a green shirt and a yellow tie, too.
13: You've got the silly look. (laughs)
12: Oh, yeah? I bet he thinks I'm jealous. I can sit down on the phone right now and call ten girls.
13: That's nothing. Phil can sit down on the phone and have ten girls call him.
12: Oh, he can. Uh, Thanks, Mary. What are you doing tonight? It's a date. Look <laughs> quick. And now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, last Sunday night, we started a western sketch which was thoughtlessly interrupted by our tenor singer, Mr. Baker, when he roller-skated down Hollywood Boulevard, upsetting a push cart in our play. So tonight, if I can get a little cooperation from the members of this company, we will proceed with our Western drama entitled Buck Benny Rides Again, or One Man on a Horse. (laughs) Now, as you may remember...
13: Uh, There's the phone.
12: I'll take it. Hello? Yes? Who? Oh, hello, Miss Lombard. It's Carol Lombard, fellas. Yes? Yes, Miss Lombard? You want to speak to Phil Harris? Oh, sure, he's here. Oh, uh, Miss Lombard, I want to tell you how much I enjoy your work on the screen. I thought your last picture was just... Oh, Phil Harris. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. For you, rat. (laughs) Hello. Oh, hello, Carol. How are you, honey? Hmm. Well, I'm sorry, dear, but... I had a previous engagement, and I just couldn't get away. Come on, Phil. You're holding up the program. What's that, Carol? All right. How about tomorrow night, sugar? Mm. Yeah, honey. Sugar, honey. What's he doing, ordering groceries? (laughs) Yes, Carol. Sure I will. All right, dear. Hey, Phil, let me talk to her a minute, will you? I'll be there at 8 o'clock sharp. Yes, honey. Let me talk to her a second. hmm? Oh, Carol, Jack Benny wants to talk to you. Yeah, Jack. Um, hello, Carol. This is Jackie. <laughs> I uh, I just wanted to. Uh, hello, 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 hello. I guess we were disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, <these laughs> uh, you know these cheap Hollywood phones, and <laughs> well. Anyway, folks, our play, which we started last week, will go on immediately after the next number. Play Carol. I mean, Phil. Mary, Mary, find out what's the matter with this phone, will you? Sorry, dear, played by Casanova Harris and his orchestra. (laughs) And now for our Western drama, Buck Benny Rides Again. I will play the part of Sheriff Buck Benny, as tough an hombre as ever stepped into a pair of boots. A rootin', tootin', shootin', highfalutin', snootin', bootin'. Well, that gives you a rough idea. (laughs) The opening scene is the office of the Sheriff of Texas County. Jeeves, my chef. Kurt. Music. Yum, da, dum, da, dum, da, dum, dum, Anything happened last night?
10: Well, uh, Three Fingered Joe broke into the First National Bank, mm-hmm. Alkali Ike stuck up the Citizens Bank, and Cactus Pete robbed the Merchants Bank. Oh, bank
12: night, eh? Huh?
11: <laughs> Sheriff, you're a card. <laughs>
12: Smile when you say that. <laughs> Go into the jailhouse and feed the prisoners.
11: I can't. They're all dining out this morning.
12: Well, I don't blame them. The food's awful here. Never should have pardoned our old cook.
10: You know, Buck, there's been too much shooting and killing going on around here lately. What's the population of this here town, anyhow?
12: 305. <laughs> 302. 302. <laughs> Pretty tough town. Man's got to commit suicide here to die a natural death.
7: <laughs>
12: Better get those prisoners back here, deputy. Well, if you'd have served them Jell-O like I told you to, they wouldn't be eaten out. Yes, you're right.
10: Why, everybody knows that Jell-O is the finest gelatin dessert in the world, and every day millions of pe- 301. <laughs>
12: Well, he was a good man, but he talked too much. Gotta have strong, silent men in these here parts. Ain't that right, deputy?
7: I ain't saying. Well,
12: I don't blame you. Answer the phone.
11: Hello? Yes? It's for you, Sheriff. It's Daisy Carson.
12: Hmm. Hello, Daisy. Anything wrong? What? They stole your pappy's cow's? Tell your pappy I'll be right over. Goodbye. Mm, More trouble. Those cattle rustlers are at it again. They got Frank Carson's cows. Come on, deputy. We got to get going. Where's my gun?
11: In your hand. Thought
12: it was my pipe. I've been smoking it for an hour. (laughs) Well, come on, round up the boys and saddle the horses. We're heading for Carson's house. Where is it? Right across the street.
7: Come on. Yeah! All set, boys. Yeah! OK, let's go. Whoa, Whoa! Here we are) <laughs>
12: wreck your horses, boys. <laughs> horse. Wait here, man. I'll be right out. Come in. Hello, Daisy.
13: Hello, tall, dark, and knock-kneed. <laughs>
12: Can't help it. Just got off a thin horse.
13: <laughs>
12: Where's your pappy?
13: He's down in the cyclone cellar reading Gone with the Wind. <laughs> well,
12: tell him I'm here.
13: Hey, pappy, the sheriff's are waiting.
12: I'll be right up. Daisy, you sure look pretty tonight. What with your golden hair and heat the match. <laughs>
13: Jack Buck, the way you talk, it'd make a gal plum blushy.
12: Oh, reckon I'm just poetic, that's all. <laughs> What's that? Smells like brandy.
13: Here comes Pappy now.
12: <laughs> Hello, Frank. Hello, Buck. <laughs> what you giggling about?
13: That you thought I was gonna say Frank Buck.
12: <laughs> Wish you had would have been a powerful laugh. <laughs> Say, Frank, Daisy phoned me that the rustlers got away with all your cows. Got any idea who took them? Yes, I have. It was Rattlesnake Rollo. Oh, yeah? Well, I've been a hanker to meet that hombre for some time. Got your cows branded? No. Well, how'll I know them? I got a slave bracelet on each leg. I know you, but how about the cow?
7: <laughs>
12: Come in. Oh, Sheriff, sure. Sheriff. Sure. What's up?
10: I just saw Rattlesnake Rolla heading towards Red River Canyon.
12: You did? Did he have any cattle with him?
10: Oh, yes. I tried to stop him, but he stuck a big gun in my ribs. And things like that sort
7: of depressed me. (laughs) Red River
12: Canyon, eh? Well, that's where that barman is hiding those cattle. Come on with me, Carson, and we'll get your cows back. I'm heading for Red River Canyon. Fuck Benny rides again.
7: Hooray!
12: Thank you. (laughs) Come on, Carson. We ain't got a minute to lose. I'll answer that phone. Hello. Who? Ginger Rogers. You want to speak to Phil Harris? (laughs) Now, look, Miss Rogers, we can't stop this. What? Well, we're right in the middle of our... Oh, all right. It's for you, Bill, and hurry up. Gee whiz. Hello. Right in the middle of it. Oh, hello,
7: Gingy.
12: <laughs> How are you, sweet? Hmm. Oh, nothing, honey. Why? Come on, Phil. We got to get those cows. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's that, Gingy? <laughs> oh, no kidding. <laughs> oh. Come on, Phil. But Then he rides
7: again! <laughs> Wait a
12: minute, wait a minute, Jack. Not so loud. Hurry up. we got to go after those cows. Listen, Ginger, I'll be through in a few minutes. No. Can I drop by and pick you up? Oh, Phil. I'll tell you what, dear. Meet me at 10 o'clock at the Palomar. Come on.
7: Fuck, Benny, rise again!
12: Okay, honey. Come on, come on, Phil. Yes? Yes, honey. Yes, I know. All right, dear. Well, I gotta rush now. Yes, darling. Well, I can't help her. I'm in a hurry. I'm sorry, dear, but I have to rush. Yeah, you can take your time, Phil. The cows
7: came back. Fuck <laughs> Benny writes again. Playboy.
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Crime Classics, followed by Duffy's Tavern. Thanks to Joel Schonwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Zneimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast
0: is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.